season series, the songs of the season this week. Uh, so kids, welcome to hang out. It's not going to be long. If you want to fall asleep, if you need to randomly yell, totally acceptable. Laying down is fine, whether that be across laps or if parents allow on the floor. I don't care. It's all good. All right? That's how family church works. So totally acceptable. Uh, last week, we did a Christmas adjacent song, kind of like Die Hard. It's a Christmas adjacent movie. So it's a Christmas movie, but then it's like not exactly about Christmas. Uh, we did the Christmas bells, or I heard the bells on Christmas Day. We saw how that was obviously a Christmas song, but not inherently a Christmas song like Oh Holy Night. It's not exactly telling the Advent story. And tonight we have a song absolutely associated with Christmas, but it's actually not a Christmas song. In fact, it was never intended to be a Christmas song in any way, and that would be the song that you all know, Joy to the World. Everybody, hands showed. Have you heard of the song, Joy to the World? Joy to the... We'll sing it later. I'm not going to sing it now. Okay, I'm going to spare you that. Joy to the World. Joy to the World is actually not a Christmas song. Joy to the World is a, was a poem written by Isaac Watts. Now, that name should be familiar if you've ever looked at a hymnal. Isaac Watts uh, wrote hundreds of hymns. And Isaac Watts actually wrote the poem and intended the poem originally as an expression of Psalm 98. It was supposed to be like Psalm 98, which was written in the Old Testament for like the Jewish hymn book, and to be an expression of Psalm 98 through the eyes of the church, having the risen Christ, having the conquered Lord and Savior who conquered sin and death. So I'm going to read Psalm 98 to you. Now, particularly, he focused in on Psalm 98, verse 4, all right? Verse 4 was like the big deal to him in Psalm 98. But this is what Joy to the World is based on, all right? Now, Psalm 98, I'm not, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, has nothing to do with the Christmas story. There's no shepherds. There's no manger. There's no angels proclaiming in the fields, okay? None of it. It's not even a couple years later. There's no wise men. There's no frankincense, gold, or myrrh. Psalm 98, if you look at it, is specifically about worshiping the holy and exalted God, king of everything. All right, so here's Psalm 98. You ready? It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our Lord. Here's verse four. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is the, the, the passage of scripture that bore out in Isaac Watts the song, Joy to the World. Hear it. It's right there. It's all throughout Psalm 98. Now, for some reason, we only sing, I mean, it's like exclusively sung during Christmas, right? Carolers in movies, they will sing Joy to the World. Christmas songs like, like Joy to the World are not broken out in church throughout the year. They're only broken out on Christmas. Isaac Watts didn't intend ever for it to actually be sung as just a Christmas song. Rather, it was a song that should be sung regularly 
to honor God who rules and reigns over all. Isaac Watts was, I mean, this is probably not shocking to people, he was not, he was dramatically impacted by his father. So his father had a great influence on him. Now, Isaac Watts' father um, exalted religious freedom over what would have been in England at the time. The Church of England was a very domineering figure. So you have like the Protestant Reformation and people reading their Bibles for themselves and these high church ideas, right? You had Roman Catholic Church, you had the Church of England. These churches ruled and reigned. Well, Isaac Watts' father saw religious freedom as super important and he taught that to his son. So expressed in joy to the world is this joy over Psalm 98 that actually the Lord is the one who rules and reigns. And he rules and reigns over all, and that included his church. So this, this idea of non-conforming to the Church of England is also expressed in Joy to the World. And if you hear Joy to the World that way, instead of only hearing it as, hey, it's a Christmas carol, we sing this about baby Jesus in a manger. When ironically, he intended for it to be sung with King Jesus on the cross, on the on the the throne. That's the word I'm looking for. On the throne in heaven. And so with that intention, when you hear it, you hear the elements of God is the one whom we worship. Every praise should be for him. We should exalt him. We should bow only to God. Now, the idea behind joy to the world, and in fact, the fact that Jesus, born in a manger, who we know grows up following the will of God, and dies on a cross, resurrects from a tomb to save all of mankind from sin and death. That's the whole gospel. The manger is, is just as important as the cross is as important as the empty tomb. It's the life of Christ, the good news that Christ has come to save us. But Psalm 98, Enjoy to the World, is about the fact that he has saved us and rules and reigns on high. That is actually a fulfillment of Daniel chapter 7. I know, we've been reading a lot of Old Testament today, which is fine. We read a lot of Old Testament all the time. We've been in Exodus for like two years. But all of these Old Testament passages are expressions, and they tell us that all of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is about the Christ. That's what the entirety of God's Word is about. So when we read something out of, seemingly out of place in the Old Testament, it shouldn't feel out of place. Once you understand that from Genesis to Revelation, the story is about Christ, the, the Savior of all, the God who rules and reigns, then everything makes literally perfect sense. Here's Daniel 7. This is, this is the prophecy that is also a promise. This is a prophecy that, that has happened and is currently happening, and it is a joyful promise. So here, Daniel 7 here, verses 13 through 14, it says this. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. This is the God that rules and reigns. This is also the Christ who rules and reigns. This is exactly the God that Psalm 98 is speaking about. This is the God who was born in a manger in Bethlehem. 
who lived a life in complete adherence to the will of God, who was the only man ever born who should not have, nor deserved to die, very well may never have died, except he was killed. And he was killed for our sin. Jesus, on the cross. Because he had no sin when he was laid in the grave, the grave could not hold him. The grave can only hold those who have borne the weight of sin, right? The wages, the payment of sin is death. Christ had no death. It couldn't hold him. He rises victorious. He came not as the Messiah that would overthrow Rome. He came as the Messiah, the, the anointed salvation we needed to conquer sin and death. Well, now that Jesus, the manger Jesus, he rules and reigns on high. He sits at the right hand of the almighty God, the ancient of days. He has given full dominion over all things. That's why he wrote joy to the world. Christmas is amazing because it remembers the advent. But don't forget, Jesus in a manger is an amazing story. It's only the beginning of Jesus' story. Joy to the world, when you sing it this Christmas, next Christmas, the Christmas after that, remember you're singing a song that really is the fulfillment of the Advent season. The ruling and reigning God on high over all that we submit ourselves to. One of the things that did happen in the song is its, its opening lines were slightly changed to make it feel more Christmassy, right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. But originally, when Isaac Watts wrote it, it was, joy to the world, the Lord is come. The, the has wasn't there, it was an is. The Lord is come. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense. We don't say things like that. Just in, in English, the tenses are wrong. The, the verb doesn't match up, right? The Lord is come, he intended to make you feel a little weird, because he wanted to acknowledge that not only had he come, it wasn't a, a past tense thing. And it's not like we're waiting. It's not a will come. He is. He always has been. He always will be. Right? What is the name for God in Exodus? God calls himself the I am. It's a state of being. And so when Isaac Watts wrote it, he wanted it to be the Lord is come. Yes, Christ had come. But he is alive. He is ruling and reigning. The Lord is come, which is awesome. We acknowledge this uh, all the time. We'll acknowledge this next week when we open the word of God, that the Lord is come. It's the purpose of having a church service. I want us to close, all right? You've had some time. You've had a break off your feet. That was your rest. We're going we're gonna to sing two more songs. First, I'm going to call uh, Jesse up to read our final passage. Because when you're talking about the Lord is come, reigning forevermore, one of my favorite passages to read is Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. As Jesse comes and reads Philippians 2, 5 through 11, we will then sing a much anticipated joy to the world. We will follow that with one last song, He Shall Reign Forevermore. So Jesse's going to come and read, and then... We'll stand for the last two songs. 
I hope you enjoyed your break. Already, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11 says this. Have this way of thinking in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although existing in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, by being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.